The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTOT Tuesday edition. Chris Sims, Mike Florio together at the NBC Sports Group studio in Stanford, Connecticut. We've spent a lot of time talking about Andrew Luck the last two days so why stop now that's Ben Moore well but but here's the thing yeah there isn't a whole lot else going on right uh and uh th- there are still plenty of things we haven't discussed there's so many different tentacles that emerge from this and one thing we haven't talked about is what is his legacy a guy right. who played seven years in the NFL not enough to get to the Hall of Fame no Super Bowl yeah. really only played six was that yeah, one yeah year, that's you right know. he right. missed all of you he played right. seven games another year yeah it was after that 2014 season which was only his third season in the NFL when they made it to the AFC championship game got blown out by the Patriots the deflate gate thing came the next right. day. The Colts were never really the same after that, but they showed hope last year getting to the final eight unexpectedly, giving the Chiefs a little bit of a run for their money, yeah. but, but the Chiefs pulled away in the second half. But right. big picture, guy who was the first overall pick in the draft, a generational talent. We hear that word a lot, but for him, it fits. Walks away before his 30th birthday. What's his legacy to the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he goes down as a legend, somebody that was certainly – exciting to watch and did some special things I mean but at the same a legend with the Colts I don't even know if he's gonna go down as an NFL legend he's gonna gonna go down as a guy that was on a Hall of Fame career arc I mean he was going that way and now yes he's just gonna be a guy that's gonna be looked at as kind of like oh he 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 retired early He's in that class, and it's not Jim Brown or Barry Sanders in that kind of way. It's even before that. So, you know, those guys were established already as, like, the greatest players ever at their positions. I mean, Barry Sanders, I don't think anybody would argue, top three running back all time. Jim Brown, certainly right up there with it. And Andrew Luck, you know, has showed us glimmers of being that type of guy, but you know, ultimately, I don't know if it's anything more than that. Yeah, I think he's an albatross. He's a unicorn. He is a one of a kind. And I don't know that there'll be another one like him where the planets line up that way, where you have a franchise quarterback yep. who is in position to make. And I think it's an exaggeration to say he left a half billion on the table. I don't think he's making a half billion going on the age of 30 under contract for three more years. I don't right. think he's going to make 60, 70 million a year on the back end of his deal. It's going to be hard to get to $500 million in future earnings. But he gave up a lot. Definitely. And most guys aren't going to give that up. And for most guys, they don't have those injuries. Most quarterbacks. Right. Most quarterbacks don't have those injuries. He almost had, like, offensive lineman injuries. Yes. Because of the fact that he didn't have a very good offensive line, because of the recklessness with which he played, he was so determined to get every last yard out of every last play, whether throwing or running, holding the ball until the very last Definitely. second, gladly taking the hit, right. laughing about it. Hey, good hit, big guy. Yeah. And, and not realizing that there is a cumulative effect there or just the sheer number of hits you take. All it takes is that one that puts you in a position where you've got an injury that creates pain, rehab, surgery, whatever, and it, and it perpetuated the cycle that that ultimately wore him out. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know we talked about this a little yesterday. He gets in the Colts Ring of Honor, I think, at some point. 
yes. But I don't think it's ever going to be anything more than that, right? And, you know, another thing, too, people forget, you know, okay, yeah, he's leaving all this money on the table. Okay, well, he's made a lot of money, and because he's made a lot of money, he's willing, he's able to do this and go, oh, I feel pretty good for the rest of my life with this money as long as I, you know, somewhat spend wisely and I'm not out buying yachts and, you know, million-dollar cars and things like that, too, to where I'm sure that took the edge off of things as well. But there's just so many unknowns about, again, we can't judge Andrew Luck. His heart wasn't in it. His head wasn't in it. We don't know what he's really been battling with. We only know the injuries that have been made public. We don't know the other things he's dealing with. And one thing that I know I wish I would have mentioned yesterday, because he went into this in the press conference about how 2016 he was in a really, really dark place. You know, when people say that, and I don't know this, I'm just throwing this out there. When people say they're in a really, really dark place, I automatically go to like opioid addictions and things like that. And that can happen very easily in the NFL when you're banged up constantly and you're having to take a Vicodin to go to sleep or something else to go to sleep and you're waking up and taking a Vicodin to take off the edge, whatever it is. And those are all things that I just think are possibilities that we all got to keep at the tip of our brain to why he might have got out. And again, that's just speculation. speculation. We don't know there was an issue like that, but it's part of the overall challenge that you, you face when you are trying to process the injuries and getting yourself to the point where you're healthy enough to play and just being able to sleep, being able to function, being able to get... That's why I always say people shouldn't play in the Pro Bowl. Why do you want to come away from that game with an injury that is going to cause you pain and misery and surgery and rehab, potentially like Tyler Eifert when he had that ankle problem coming right. out of the Pro Bowl? Right. It, Broke it. it hovers over your entire offseason. So I, I think that he has a very unique legacy. He won't make it to the Hall of Fame. No. I guess he makes it to the Ring of Honor in Indianapolis. He he was the author of one of the great comebacks in NFL history in that playoff game against the Chiefs. Right. It really felt like he was on track to be one of the all-time great quarterbacks. It all just fell apart, and it was fueled by the injuries. And a point that Michael David Smith of PFT made on Twitter in the aftermath of the retirement of Andrew Luck, three times in the last 37, 36 years, the Colts have had the first pick in the draft – that offered them a truly generational talent. Elway, John Elway, Manning. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Right. And between those three guys, yeah. they got two of them. Yeah. One for his not full career, right. but you know, more than half of it, and one Super Bowl championship yeah. out of having those three guys. Yeah. And what other team has has fallen into that kind of, of good fortune where they are bad at the right time? to be in the right place, to get the right player, and John Elway doesn't want to have anything to do with the Colts. Peyton Manning's only there until 2012, and then they 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 throw Peyton Manning. You could argue there was a chance they would have won a Super Bowl if Peyton Manning had stayed. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. You know, I think he part won of one in Denver. I know you won one in Denver, but they had the right supporting system. I think one of the reasons we're in the situation with Andrew Luck is because he was on teams that were less than early on. And he knew, like, a little bit like we talked about, you know, yesterday. And I've said this about Aaron Rodgers, too, where he, he knew. And yet he had the physical ability to pull a lot of this off, but he knew the team wasn't good enough and that he had to perform at an exceptional level and stand in the pocket to take a hit, an extra, you know, pat the ball an extra time and go, man, I'm going to get crushed, but there's a 40-yard completion. Oh, man, nobody's open. I'm going to run out and I'm going to lower my shoulder on the linebacker because it's third and seven and, you know, I'm the guy. And because of that and because of the lack of team around him in that way, it is part of the reason he's in the situation he's in. I just think that, there's an alternate universe out there where Jim Irsay decides, 
I'm going to use that first overall pick in the 2012 draft on someone else, or I'm going to trade the opportunity to get Andrew Luck to someone else for three first-round picks and and more, right? And I'm not going to fire Bill Polian. I'm not going to fire Jim Caldwell. I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to treat 2011 as an aberration. We're going to work to get Peyton Manning healthy, and we're going to keep Peyton Manning for as long as he wants to play football. See, Jim Irsay thought that he could get Peyton Manning to retire. Remember when he leaked to Rob Lowe that Peyton Manning was retiring? That was wishful thinking. He didn't want Peyton Manning to torment him from afar, and the end result is Peyton Manning went somewhere else and won a Super Bowl. And with Andrew Luck, the guy that was supposedly going to deliver multiple championships, and most recently, Ursay's talking about three in a row, right? He got zero. Didn't yeah. even have a Super Bowl appearance. So I, I just, I think that uh, that's gonna, that's gonna eat at Jim Irsay. Did he make the right decision? Hayden was telling Irsay too, though. You gotta take, then you gotta take Andrew Luck with the number one pick. There is that out there that he was like, you gotta yeah, go maybe, do it. Maybe Peyton Manning wanted out. That's what, that's where I was gonna go with that. I really think Peyton looked at the team and went, I don't know about this well, team right now. Once, Let me go somewhere well, that's a little once more you proven. Fi- once you fire Paulian. And Caldwell, yeah. Peyton was beside himself. He's rehabbing that neck, and everything's right. different. He's a right. creature of habit, and and the and everyone that he knows is gone. He didn't want to be there for that. Yeah, I'm saying keep Paulian, keep Caldwell, keep Peyton. Mm. How differently does 2012 through 2015 play out? Right. All right, um, next topic, and and this is something that that I noticed last night. David DeCastro, who played with Andrew Luck at Stanford, now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, talking about the booing of Andrew Luck. He said that that fans treat us like circus animals and there is that that kind of uncaring these guys aren't really human even though they are human and and i i look there's a line there because the fans are paying the price to go be entertained yeah and they want the players that they are paying to see play ultimately play and they don't want them to choose to stop playing especially if you've got cult season tickets you don't want the starting quarterback two weeks before the start of the regular season to say see you later right so i can understand why people are upset and and, you know my point always is and and I, i mentioned this during the radio side of pft live today that when people come to my website and they leave comments that are hostile toward me and my wife's like how do you why do you I don't care because it's the same passion that that causes them to say those hateful things that gets them there in the first place. The same passion that has those fans booing when Andrew Luck's retirement news leaks during a game. The passion that has them there in the first place. The passion that causes them to treat guys like circus animals is the passion that causes them to devote enough of their time and money to the sport that those guys live like anything but circus animals because all the money they're making. So it's a double-edged sword. And, And I know some fans go too far but at the core is a passion and an interest. I say this about Bill Belichick all the time. If you don't deal with the media, go coach high school lacrosse right. in New Hampshire and you'll get paid accordingly because nobody <laughs> cares. You get the money because people care, and because people care, you get the criticism as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think everything you said, I, I believe in a lot of it. I think the one thing I will say is sometimes the passion where players feel is the passion goes overboard, overboard and they just don't feel like there's any personal there. Like, hey, I am still a human being. And I think this is a very common notion with a lot of NFL football players. It doesn't even it, – it goes beyond trickling down to the fans. I mean, I think a lot of players would say this about the coaches and their, their team, their 
their organization in general, they would say this. Oh, they love me when I'm playing awesome. Oh, but then when I don't play that good, they give me the cold shoulder. They don't talk to me. Or if I'm not playing quite as good as they want me to play, even though I'm banged up and hurt, eh, we don't really care. And I think that feeds into what players are talking about, let alone, yes, the circumstances around Andrew Luck. And I do think people at some times, because it's sport and we see it on TV and especially the ownership on fantasy football, people are like, Andrew Luck's retiring? My fantasy team screwed up. They're more worried about their own interest and how it's self-serving to them than instead of like putting themselves in Andrew Luck's shoes and trying to figure out, you know, what he's dealing with. You don't know how he feels every day when he wakes up and what he's dealing with, with, you know, going on with his normal business of of a human being on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, O.J. Simpson had drafted Andrew Luck for his fantasy league just before Andrew Luck retired. Yeah, you don't want to make O.J. mad, Andrew Luck. Watch your back. Karma? Yeah, you know what they say about karma, O.J. (laughs) None of that. You know what? We're not making light of a double murder. And, and hey, hey, he, you know, he was acquitted, so I guess we're definitely not making light of it. But anyway, the, the fans, it's that – it's um, the ability to go on social media and grab that megaphone and scream at the player, right? That's part of it. Uh, fantasy football is part of it. Definitely. And, and, and also, yeah, as you said – the teams treat these guys like they're not human. No doubt. So how should the fans be expected to, to behave any differently? Exactly. And, and I, it's, it's not an easy issue, but I see where David DeCastro is coming from. All right. Uh, running backs in Houston, uh, they're hurting right now. Lamar Miller out for the year yeah. on IR with a knee injury. Bill O'Brien, the coach of the Texans, said Monday, we have a good situation at running back. And, you know, they're talking about Duke Johnson. And you've said before, Duke Johnson's not really an every down guy. And, right. and I feel like maybe they're being a little coy. You think? So they don't have to overpay right. either in free agency, whoever's out there, or trade. But they got to do something now that Lamar Miller's out. I, I mean, it, it's a little scary. Lamar Miller, first off, I, I will say this, and he's one of the more underappreciated, underrated running backs in football. I mean, he really is. He's a game breaker. He can, you know, split split the tackles and run for a 60-yard gain for a touchdown and do things like that. You know, didn't have 1,000 yards last year but had 4.6 yards per carry with an offensive line that everybody agreed is crappy. So just, just take that into account, you know. And, uh, yeah, I look at their running back roster and just go, you know, Billy O can say all he wants, and I know he's trying to put a positive spin on it. But, man, you know me, I go back to, like, proven commodities. There's not a lot of that on the roster. There's not a lot of talent I look at in general and go, oh, yeah, yeah, this guy, you give him a chance. Like last year with the Kansas City Chiefs, when they lost Kareem Hunt, I, I went, oh, you know, they got Damian Williams. I've seen enough to go, Damian Williams is going to be okay. They're going to be okay there. It's not going to be like, oh, no, they have nobody to depend on. I look at the, the, the Texans a little bit and go, I don't know where it comes from. Yeah, sure, Duke Johnson will be good in the past game and some of that stuff, but he's not a bell cow. Taewon Jones, he's had some moments here and there. But again, I mean, there's a reason he's been on four different teams. So I don't know where they're going to get the production for the running back. It's a big concern for me. Yeah, and, and I think they've got to be planning something. And remember, on Saturday, 90-man rosters go down to 53. Guys are going to be waived. Guys are going to be cut. Guys are going to be available. The Texans have to have some sort of a plan there. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to get Adrian Peterson back to text to end his career i had said before that if the cowboys really want to move on from ezekiel elliott trade for adrian peterson now the texans they, 
Yeah. Trade for Adrian Peterson. If the, if the if Washington feels good about Darius Geis, move on from Adrian Peterson. Send him to Houston. I think he would be great on that Houston Texans offense with Deshaun Watson. All right, uh, let's move along. Wait, let's do one more topic for today. We'll, we'll put a pin in one of these other ones. We're going to do the snap clap. We're going to do the – no? You want to do that? Let's do the snap clap. Let's do the snap clap. Snap clap? The Cardinals. Yeah. This weird issue – with the snap clap, yeah, they, this they keep getting flagged, and it's not just for the the it's the putting the foot out. Like, I, I, is this some kind of a is this a hazing of the Cliff Kingsbury offense? What's going on? Because when I see these things that the Cardinals are being penalized for, I I'm not seeing the foul. Right. Well, I think it's again just like a quarterback underneath the center, right? Who when you have aggressive upper body movements and the quarterback's going hut 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 hut, and he's his head is moving while he's doing it, you know. Those are those are abrupt movements that are going to make offensive linemen or defensive linemen who are using their peripheral vision not only to see the football, but they're looking for movements on the offensive line, the quarterback, everything like it. And when they see that, that's going to make them jump off sides. And I think that's what this, you know, fake clap looks like a little bit it's a little bit of this you know abrupt motion all of a sudden out of nowhere you know I know guys lift their legs and do that but it's still a little different than doing this real quick all the time and doing that I mean you know that again the defensive end he's sitting there he can't move an inch right he's sitting there getting ready to get off the ball and he sees a guy moving like that all of a sudden yes that is going to make them flinch and I think that's where they're getting into and I would imagine the NFL is going to hold strong with this whole thing you feel like Kingsbury's trying to push the envelope a little bit and the Messages, it ain't gonna work. For I think buddy. so. Buddy I do. Boy. I feel. Yeah, I feel that way. Like they're gonna go. No, that's that's college stuff. Sorry, that doesn't work here in the NFL. It's a new level of of play here, and we're not. You know, the offense has enough advantages to where we don't mean to make the defensive line. You know, uh, flinch four times before the ball snapped every time. That that's not fair to them either. All right, uh, let's wrap it for today. We got you got to go somewhere. I got a meeting. I got a meeting here. Oh, okay. I got, I'm, I'm, you're I'm, you're I'm, big time, yeah, huh? Yeah, I got, Bobby Big yeah. Chest out here. I got again. a meeting about a new co-host. <laughs> PFT Live. We'll be back Wednesday with an all-new edition of PFT Live and PFT OT. Everybody have a great day. See ya. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.